So, Jeff, as yeah. we were talking and not recording for the people to know, um, you know, it'd be very simplistic and unfair to call what you do just visual training because um, hopefully for our listeners and the people that have hang out around um, Kia stuff and SCN for a while, they already know about the OODA loop and, you know, how do you improve in your sport, how you make decisions, how you detect stuff. Uh, but sometimes you sort of have to use the forces around the market of social media to ride that wave when everyone's just basically, without knowing what it is, um, coiling the term neuroscience. And you see like all these things that appear to be games and stuff. And they're like, oh, I'm reacting into this and that. Uh, you know, and it sounds like we, we call it sometimes a joke at one of the workplaces I've been, I'm not necessarily saying it's the one I'm right now, but when people explain stuff like that, it makes no sense. It just looks like something. We always say, um, you know, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. And that's like sort of the logic that they use here. Because <laughs> it looks like it. It looks like they're doing random stuff to make people do games, but they, they follow no principles, no progressions. Doesn't really look like, you know, it's not tracing an object. It's not space awareness. It's not, you know, nothing of that. Well, I would, I would maybe argue because, you know, I've definitely seen that stuff on social media, but um, I would argue that um, maybe some of those people are trying to do things that uh, aren't as simple as just saying, oh, I'm working on spatial awareness. Maybe I'm trying to bring up the right, right, uh, right hemispheric cerebellum, you know, and so I'm trying to do things specifically to my left side. And so it looks ridiculous that I'm only doing things with my left side, but there's other things going on. Um, you know, uh, people are poo pooing right now. Where, where was I just on that on Twitter and something like that? Uh, the BOSU ball. And of course, David Weck's name always comes in and shit like that. And, um, you know, I, I use the BOSU and it's, it's a good tool. It's just a tool. Um, but we do it for vestibular, um, purposes, not just proprioceptive, which um, sure, there's a proprioceptive element to that, but there's steps to get to proprioception because you can break down proprioception into into components, subcomponents that uh, you need as well. But um, uh, for vestibular purposes, so the vestibular system also regulates the uh, the sympathetic nervous system and also uh, activates the posterior chain. So there's vestibular things that I particularly do that may look uh, ridiculous. Um, but there's a purpose to that. So I, I inter completely understand what you're saying, how it, it may seem random and stuff. But if, if uh, I would implore some people to maybe ask a little more questions rather than just jump to conclusions, not saying you, I'm just meant people on social media, because yeah, there's a lot of people fine. just throwing shade left and right. And I'm all for throwing shade. Uh, you know, that's why I think we're <laughs> such, I'm friends with you guys. Um, and I love Kier. You know what I mean? But uh, um, I, I think the more I've gone down this rabbit hole of neurology and stuff like that, I can understand things a little bit better. Mm. What do you, uh, for anybody listening, the right and left hemisphere stuff, what is the difference? Because I don't know the difference myself. Yeah. So, um, you know, neurology is becoming a more and more popular thing in our industry, um, brain-based approach or, you know, whatever, neurodevelopment or whatever. And um, I, I, I've, I'm certified in the Melillo method, uh, um, which Dr. Robert Melillo is one of the um, pioneers of improving um, ADHD, dyslexia, OCD, autism, um, 
things like that. And he starts from a neurological development standpoint. And so if you look at the brain and how it, it, it develops from utero till adulthood, um, it grows from the base of the brain, it grows up and then it splits into hemispheres and it grows um, forward and, and out. And so we have two hemispheres of the brain. Um, we're one of the few mammals that, that has that. And so it allows us to do, have different functions um, and, you know, in an oversimplistic manner, right brain is far more spatial, uh, aware, more, um, uh, more with, with movement, more with, gr uh, gross motor skills and left brain is more, um, fine motor skills, more, uh, logical and things like that. So, um, but the problem is, and, and this is what Dr. Malilo's work has shown and, and studies have shown that if in birth, for whatever reason, um, uh, we all have in, in our brainstem, that's where our primitive reflexes are housed. So primitive reflexes are the reflexes that we're all born with. We're all born with the same reflexes. The analogy I tell my, my clients is it's like the software. We all buy an iPhone. We all have a <laughs> phone that as soon as you buy it, you always have to update shit. Um, and so it's the, it's the base software that we're all born with. And sometimes, for, for whatever reason, that software doesn't get updated. And that can cause effect as far as the growth of the brain and then the function of the brain. And that's where, um, you get ADHD. That's where we get OCD. That's where we get ticks. That's where we get dyslexia. That's where we get autism and things like that. And so starting from a neurological standpoint from the base, um, and then, uh, finding what primitive reflexes there, you know, the person may have, and then working on the hemisphere, finding what hemisphere they, they uh, are, are, is their weaker side. Um, so for instance, like the, the left brain, is typically, you know, with athletes, uh, and I'm just throwing complete over-exaggeration here, um, I would find most of my athletes are high right brain, low left brain, because they're athletes, so they're more sp spatial aware, they're more motor-driven, um, and things like that, but that's going to lead to some left brain things, so that's where we'll get some of the, maybe some of the academic issues, um, you know, myself included, uh, had trouble in school growing up, I was not a very good student for various reasons, and so will do specific things to activate the left brain via sensory stimulation um, and, and specific motor movements because it is a sensory motor brain that we have. And so in order to work on enhancing and developing the brain, we have sensory stimulation. So, um, you know, something, the right side of your body controls, the is generally controlled by the left part of your brain, except for the left nostril for some reason. So we'll do a lot of things where they're standing on their right leg, they're doing right hand stuff, we're doing things off to the right, eye tracking things to the right to stimulate that left brain. Um, I'll put on a tense pad on someone's right side of their spine. We'll do figure eights with their right hand trying to activate that left brain. So that's an example and vice versa for anyone that's more left brain dominant and has a right brain deficiency, just do the opposite. So we'll stand on the left leg and do all types of things. But um, I hope that probably over uh, answer the question that you had, but, uh, each hemisphere to, to tie it back, I apologize, Justin, um, has a different function. And so, um, for me, where I'm struggling to answer your question as where I'm struggling with the business side of things, because, you know, trying to nail down a niche and try to market to the niche and stuff is, yeah, I work predominantly my, you know, my time is spent with high school, middle school, high school, collegiate athletes, um, for sure. However, Let's say I had this, uh, I'll give you several examples. I had this boy come in, he's, he's uh, 
senior in high school. He's going to go off to college in several months and uh, wants to get ready for college football. Um, he's going to play, I believe, D2 college football defensive back. We're going through our assessment and checking hip range of motion, ankle range of motion stuff. And uh, he says, oh, well, you know, I got messed up hips uh, and, and messed up. Uh, I got very flat feet. I got messed up hips because I, I was a W sitter when I was uh, when I was a kid. So I got uh, introverted hips. Uh, I was like, well, right there, W sitting is a sign of a primitive reflex that was not integrated. So now I'm like, okay, there's some neurological things that I got to start checking with this young man. Uh, flat feet generally, not always, is a sign of uh, unretained, uh, well, not proper development of the feet during development, and then also uh, unretained possible uh, Babinski reflex in the feet. So I know he's going to have some sensitive, possible sensitivity, tactile sensitivity stuff with his feet um, and, and proprioceptive things going on with his feet, which he did. So now, not only, yes, I got to get this young man physically ready um, for school, but now I want to try to optimize him and get him uh, his, his, you know, I guess ner nervous system properly ready for high school and collegiate sports. Uh, he also has some attention issues and dyslexia and things like that. And then we go through some primitive reflexes and he's got about five retained primitive reflexes. So how do you market that? How do you, <laughs> you know, cause it's not as simple as just saying, yeah, I train athletes. Well, there's, there's no, a little you more. Don't, but that's i mean like that's unbelievably interesting like hearing you say all of that like you should not apologize because i was writing stuff down like all right curious about this curious about this um let's start with the w sitting because i'm assuming that's crisscross applesauce no w sittings uh where their, their feet go out and their knees go in so crisscross applesauce you know um I oh opposite indian, indian, opposite yeah indian oh, um, wow. indian sitting right uh, is kind of what it, it, the regular term but w sittings where their feet go out so that's a sign. So there's a whole bunch of signs that I'll see. So, um, you know, problems that here, here are some, I guess, some problems that I see in my adults and my kids that that could be signs that there's retained primitive reflexes. Uh, when we do a lot of crawling patterns or, or things on our hands, animal flow, uh, people that are athletes that turn their hands out generally can't have their hands straight. That could be a sign that there's a, a, a TLR uh, reflex, a, to, uh, a tonic labyrinthi reflex. Um, kids that struggle with knowing their right from their left, right? I don't know if you guys have come across that or athletes that struggle with that. Um, I just a, did this. Is that cheating? I'm like L for left. Yeah, that's a <laughs> sign that there could be there there could be a ATNR reflex still retained. Uh, athletes that struggle uh, mirroring you, so you hold up your right hand, you want them to hold up their right hand, but they hold up their left hand. You know what I mean? Uh, that have to watch you. People that that like they they they, they don't understand the auditory. Uh, aspect of learning and I get there's different uh, preferential types of learning but athletes that that struggle with understanding this the body I mean how many times have you ever try to teach a hinge with an RDL or a squat and kids just keep rounding their backs and they just you know what I mean they, they there's a disconnect there with 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 proprioceptive standpoint athletes that struggle going slow that have to do everything fucking fast you know everything's fast there's no there's no paced pace to them they're they're going everything fast right there's a rhythm and a timing issue there so that's usually that's a sign of a cerebellum issue because the cerebellum is meant for uh rhythm and timing and, and things like that eye hand coordination issues you know so you have a lot of soccer players that prefer soccer versus uh sports with their hands well usually not always uh because they're not very good with their eye hand coordination and that that's usually a stage three uh perceptual motor uh issue as far as development so again these are just signs of, of things and so um you know, uh, I'll ask a lot of times, okay, do you get car sick? Do you like roller coasters? Do you get boat sick? Yeah, I have a good amount of clients, 
kids that get car sick. Okay, well, there could be an ocular or vestibular issue right there. Boom. Okay, so now I want to check um, because, again, the vestibular system has a huge uh, component over controlling the, the posterior chain system. Um, that's partly where it's developed in, in neurological development. So um, now I got to do some vestibular stuff, and we kind of break it down from there. But, uh, yeah, sorry. Hopefully that makes a little sense. Don't – again, don't – like I'm, I'm listening to this. I'm like, how do you have a hard time marketing this because there's like – you're, well, you're literally how do you talking say, about yeah, well, okay, but like, okay, I train athletes, but then how do you say, okay, you're, you know, you have neurological, you know, when I say neurological issues, it does, you know, it, to me, it comes off as if I'm saying, oh, you got brain cancer. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. You know what I mean? You have, there's a weakness in the system, I guess, that we can, we can uh, exploit and try to make better. Um, I mean, you talk know, about so optimizing like, that, optimizing their neural capacity. Talk, yeah. Talk, so, like you could just talk about the uh, HDMI cord versus coax, no? Yeah, you know, I try to do that, especially when it comes to, to the eyes. Um, you know, another sign is athletes that tend to always have one-sided issues. Uh, I have a college football player, wide receiver, missed the majority of his senior year of uh, high school football because he tore the labrum in his left hip. He had left ankle issues and left back issues. Not always, but generally that's something to look for. People that have one-sided issues, there's a developmental issue in that side as they were growing up. Maybe they didn't learn to crawl or creep properly. And if you watch them, you'll see kids that learn to crawl um, with one side, you know, um, there's tons of videos out there that you can find. And so, okay, now not only do I have to rehab or I have to say recondition, recondition this athlete. Now we do some neural things to try to bring, bring up that, that weaker left side that he always has issues with. Uh, and from a postural standpoint, you know, in functional neurology, they talk about midline stability before peripheral mobility. So we want to be able to stabilize our brain and our spine before we start moving things because I mean, that's how we fucking survive. So one of the most midline stabilizing things we have to have is full convergence of the eyes, right? Full meaning all the way to the tip of your nose. I think you and I, I, I did a video oh, yeah. with you, bud. And uh, I, man, it's scary to tell you guys, and I, 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 I'll do a post one of these days, um, um, obviously blocking people's faces, just showing their eyes. You like how few people have full convergence of their eyes. And then you'll find the direction of the hypoconvergent eye, the eye that does not turn in. I'm telling you, you could guess the side of their pain, guess the side of their issues uh, from lower backs to, to hip issues, to shoulder issues. It's crazy um, how correlated it is in, in, you know, I, I don't know if it's cause and effect, but it's, it's ridiculous. So now, okay, this, this one boy with the labral issue that, that I worked with to try to get him to ready for college football. Okay. Now we got to do some posturology. We got to try to stabilize his feet to correct his eyes and, I'm just throwing a shit ton of stuff out there, gentlemen. Uh, you guys are just staring at me like, well, no, it's cause uh, I'm well, uh, just like, you know, so for me, that's just, okay. I'd love your, uh, like ideas. And like, okay, now what, that's, that's, you see my dilemma with that course though. It's like, it's not as simple. as just saying, Oh, here's a 12 week program. I'll put on five inches on your vertical. You know what I mean? I don't think, I think it's almost like you're, uh, it's what you it's your subtitle. Like that's not what you maybe go in with you. And then you start like you still, Hey, yeah, I'm going to help you with this. Hey, in, in addition to one of the things that we're going to make a go is we're going to, you know, sprinkle this in. And then once people start seeing it, say, like, yeah, we can, you know, we can address that. And then if you have older clientele, that's where we're going to address it. Because when this is going to be a little bit of a rant before I turn it back over to you, I was going to ask about how this relates to signal six and square one. And when I was introducing that to the football team, yeah. I was explaining to them, like, look, if the TV on the wall, if the picture's not coming in every time you turn it on and you see the button turning on, 
you know that it's on the wall. You're not going to get a new TV. So that'd be your muscle. That'd be your bone, right? You don't need to get brand new ones. It's just not freaking plugged in, right? So if it's not fucking plugged in, you got to make sure that there's power to it. And that's your nervous system. Um, that would be my way of trying to talk with people about it. So number one, does that make any fucking sense? Then number two, how does this relate to square one and signal six? If you've heard of them? Yeah, of course I've heard of it. Um, so Square One's awesome. I, I, I implore everyone to go to Square One. Square One has been a game changer for, for me. I learned about it, I think it was 2018, 19, um, uh, before, um, yeah, I, I, I was put onto it. I didn't know what the hell it was. I did a little research. Um, Sean was, Sean uh, Sherman of Square One was kind enough. It was, it was just crazy because I literally learned about it one day, that, that, that morning, midday, I'm sending him an email. An hour later, he's messaging me back. Hey, I'm driving through Pittsburgh tomorrow. Can I stop by your place? Sure. Um, And so he came by. And what sold me was uh, I have little kids. I got three little kids. And anyone who has parents know that sometimes, you know, you have to sleep in their beds with them. You got to put them to bed. Or sometimes you just fall asleep if you're like me. Just Whether you want to sleep there or not, you you just fall asleep. And so I had this crick in my neck that I could not solve with stim, with all the other things that I had. I just couldn't solve and Sean got me on the table and did his little assessment. And I'm not even joking. Seconds later of an intervention, Crick was gone and it's been gone. And that, that I was like, shit, okay, I got to learn that. Um, square one to me is a, uh, is a, is a compensation, uh, rebooter. So I think, I think it was Ryan Thompson or Dan Victor that did a video where I think it was, I think it was Ryan where he put on like five sweaters and, three different hats and all these pants. And he said, okay, these are all the layers of compensation that you have in your nervous system. Right. And then he just kept taking it off and that's square one. I hope, I hope that explains it. Right. So we're just trying to remove the layers of compensation that could cause this discomfort because yes, we do. We want to address the meat wagon, so to speak with, you know, okay, my knee hurts or my, my quad hurts or my, my shoulders tight, but it's, it's the nervous system that governs that shit. And so, um, square one is an excellent system for addressing the nervous system to remove compensations, to get you generally to, to, to do your daily tasks or whatever you want to do pain and compensation free. Uh, it's awesome. Signal six is their, um, like warm up. signal six, the way Sean explains is more of a shotgun approach right here. Just do these motions, hold them for these isometric times. And, you know, generally you're going to kind of cover all bases where square one is, is a uh, sniper rifle. Yep. Right. Okay. We're going very specific now. We're going to look and, and assess every little joint, every action that it relates to gait, which is the only so far that I found um, kind of neuro or rehab or whatever you want to call it um, path that addresses gait, addresses the gait pattern, which I find is very interesting since, you know, gait pattern is so important to us and, and brain function and just everything we do. So square one's a game changer and I, I highly recommend to everyone. Same. And I will agree with you where I never had the signal or I never had square one. I had, I did the signal six course, did it to myself. Same thing. I'm like, okay, don't know what the fuck I just did. But when I did this (laughs) C curve, when I went through all of the movements, like, and I stood up and I did the three squats, like they said, it's like, holy cow, that was a little bit easier. And I did it again. It's just like, all right, I don't know what I just did. Um, Nando, I already wrote it down that we'll get him on the the show here soon. Um, John, yeah. How does this, in your opinion, compare to RPR? Because I know you've used both, and I've used both on myself. And like, yeah. So, RPR 
before it was RPR, it was Douglas Heel. Um, yep, be activated. Be activated. That stuff is kind of what when when that started coming out. When I started learning about that, I think that was 2015. That's what really led me down this this just path of looking into alternative shit. Um, people have unfortunately given RPR Douglas Heel stuff sometimes in our industry a bad name because it doesn't work or it doesn't stick. But for me. It, it's just a tool and maybe it just wasn't the right tool for that fucking problem. And it, it, it does work when you find it and it does work. It, it, it's a great tool, but it's just a tool. It's not a, it's not the end all be all. And sometimes it's been marketed as an end all be all. I've heard some tales. Um, and sometimes, you know, people try to use it for that, but it's, it's an awesome tool. Um, RPR is, is different. RPR addresses more. Um, I, I well, I guess Douglas Heels, and I'm not. I never took well, a Douglas Heels. They, they bastardized course. it. They bastardized it because they changed I, it. Yeah, they it did afterwards because it was yeah. originally getting. Re, it was go get reset from somebody, and then it turned into oh, we don't teach you to touch people, but that's what Douglas was teaching people. That's what they were teaching people in the early days. Well, yeah. So for me, when I was trying to study what what is this, what is our be activated? Like, what are these points? You know, uh, and I have no idea. I've never spoken with Douglas. I don't know anything about. It. Douglas personally, um, but they resemble Chapman's reflexes. So anyone interested in Chapman's reflexes, look it up. You can find pictures all over Google of Chapman's reflex points, and they're points related to uh, muscles um, that, uh, I don't know, Chapman, this guy Chapman found. But what that led me to then is applied kinesiology and then touch for health. All right, now what is this shit? And why are they using Chapman's reflexes and stuff? And so that's a whole branch of again, different type of things. Um, that's, that's very helpful. And it's a great, great tool that, uh, I've studied and, and looked into. They use a little more, it's a little more uh, based off of Chinese medicine, but, uh, uh applied kinesiology is, is from George Goodhart and, and, and what the 1950s and sixties up in Detroit. Uh, and it uses, it's awesome. It's a lot of energetic stuff. And, um, again, it's all good stuff and it, it's it's uh relatively non-invasive in things yeah it's gotten bastardized into other things and i get it you know some coaches can't put their hands on athletes so i think maybe that's why they're teaching it hands-free um and i don't think it works as good hands-free i believe in the power of touch and energetic and, and transfer of energy from a from one person to another um but i i still i do think it's great um it, it's all great stuff and it's a great tool for the toolbox Hundred percent agree. And you started talking about um, hands-on and Chinese medicine, and it made me think about um, Wodango and how Mike will talk about you know there's yin and yang and yin and yang. Mm -hmm. He'll he'll say it, but how he can treat different things on the channel can help things in the channel. Um, yeah. Is this with the brain in the right hemisphere, left hemisphere? Is it like that? Am I just swing and miss? Mm -hmm. What do you what? Swing and miss. It's all good. I, I still love you. Um, right, no, they're, they're different. Mike, Mike has gone far deeper down the Chinese, um, studying Chinese medicine and stuff than, than I have. But no, that's this is more related to energetic and meridian lines and stuff, um, and, and uh, uh, which is related to organs and related to muscles and related to times of day and, and things like that. So Mike can speak far greater than what I, I've learned with that. But Touch for Health does use the meridian lines um, – to to either uh, turn on a point or or if it's too like a fuse box if it's got too much power going to it to to calm a point uh, so they have different techniques for that you know acupressure I can't use acupuncture so acupressure is just using your hands um, and and uh, 
again, the neuro stuff, uh, as far as right and left hemisphere is a bit different. Um, you know, again, my, my education in that comes from functional neurology and from uh, neurological development with Dr. Malilo. Um, when you were talking about the sensitivity to the feet, is that why, and I forget the organization that put it out, but the neuro balls that people yeah. will use or the rock mats? Oh, hell yeah, dude. So there is so much, uh, sensitivity and proprioceptors and ectoceptors and, and, uh, down at the bottom of the feet, uh, that go have a direct connection to the brain. And so part of proprioception is you can, you can break it down into uh, conscious and unconscious proprioception. And part of that is tactile sensitivity, right? Part of proprioception is be able to feel where your body is. Right. And, and, and so, uh, we roll out, we have, I have a bucket full of neuro spike balls, um, that we use that make everyone to roll out their feet, roll out their hands. Cause those are yeah. from a developmental standpoint to the most sensitive and, and important things. So, um, we start with that. That's why we use that. But you'll also find, um, with, with athletes that have, again, let's just say con- chronic right ankle sprains or left ankles or whatever foot issues that if you do some proprioceptive tests, um, like a two point discrimination test or a, a two point toe touch test that they can't feel it or they don't know where you're touching on their feet. Um, so we do again, a good bit of proprioceptive because that is the base of the pyramid. Uh, and when I say pyramid, I'm talking the, the pyramid of learning that was developed by a couple of educational psychologists, Williams and Schnellenberg, uh, that one of the base, uh, about right above primitive reflexes is, is, is proprioception and, and tactile sensitivity is part of that. And so, you know, uh, for instance, a sign that someone has, uh, some tactile issues is they have very sensitive, they're very ticklish or kids always wearing fucking Crocs. Uh, I can't tell you, I don't know if there's a correlation this is just in my head, but kids that always wear Crocs are the kids that have the most fucked up feet. Um, yeah, I thought wearing Crocs all... was good for you. I just bought a pair. I'm all excited. Like, nah, bro. Um, no, uh, you anything in posturology? Doctor Brico, uh, the founder of posturology, who's from France, who's an orthopedic surgeon, uh, they studied and found that anything over two millimeters off the ground disrupts the information from your feet to your brain. Um, so that's one of the most important. Uh, why I'm a uh, bit of a shoe Nazi with my family. We only wear like minimalist shoes or we're barefoot um, all the time. Uh, and, and so my athletes, that's one of the reasons, one, one of the many reasons why we take our, our, our shoes off in our uh, facility. My, my adults, I make them take their shoes off, uh, their socks off if they're willing. Some adults are embarrassed by their feet, so they'll take their socks off. But um, yeah, take care, take care of the feet. It has a huge profound effect on the posture of their pelvis, the posture of their jaw, uh, the eyes, right? So the eyes, um, you know, the theory is uh, the, the, a lot of people think the eyes are meant for seeing. Well, we can survive without our eyes. Um, the eyes are meant to really find the horizon, right? The problem is uh, you can't shoot a cannon out of a canoe. So if we have un- unstable feet or uneven feet, that's not going to stabilize the eyes. And so that's where we get a lot of the people with the uh, convergence issues tying it back to that. So one of the first things we do in posturology is stabilizing the feet. I mean, would you say that then like a lot of problems could be solved by the ability to work on convergence? Um, I can't say that. What I will say is if we get the, 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 the wheels of the car and then the steering wheel of the car in proper alignment, um, to begin with, before we even try to fucking drive, I'm willing to bet we'll have less wear and tear. 
All right. And then my next question is, because you work in a private sector, you have the ability to. Do you think that this doesn't get put into in a team setting just because for fear of head sport coaches being like, what the fuck are you doing? We ain't doing that. Um, I, I can't attest. I know like Annette, um, I can't pronounce her last name, but for Poster Pro, she's she's worked for some teams. Uh, I know uh -huh. particularly she's doing stuff with the, uh, the Florida Gators men's basketball program because uh, she posts about it all the time. Um I, I can't, again, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I think it's not the easiest to implore in a large group setting, but I don't think it's that hard either. I just think, uh, you know, they don't, people don't know what they don't know. And we tend to stay away from things that are foreign and, and things like that. And plus, um, someone's got to be educated to, to do it. And, you know, usually it's not the head coaches. Well, there you go. Now, like hearing you talk that like that could be that could be one of your sticks, too, is like, hey, this is a ability to teach teach coaches and teach athletes on it in a simple way where you can start to introduce it. Because you mentioned earlier and I wrote it down how vestibular can plays a role in posterior chain development, like posterior chain development is clearly important. How is it that the vestibular system affects posterior chain development? Uh, through the cortical spinal track, um, right? There's there's different pathways of the vestibular system. Uh, and through the cortical spinal tract, so it goes down the, the spine. Um, so that's what the, the Romberg's test is. Anyone familiar with the Romberg's test? Um, it's where there's there's several variations of it. Uh, the Romberg's test you can do, you stand stand up, put your feet together. Uh, you can cross your arms. In posturology, we point our fingers, and then I'll line up with them and measure, and you close your eyes, and you see how they sway, uh, if they sway, if they move left, if they move right. Um, an advanced version is you put one foot behind the other, now, so that really challenges the vestibular system, um, and close your eyes. So, anytime you kind of take the eyes out, that's going to be highly vestibular. Um, oh, so you're saying eyes... feet together, stand up, cross your arms, and bend over. No, stand up. No, no, don't, don't bend over. Just stand up. Okay. And just stand do... straight. Can you stand there? Can you right stand now. there for a minute? And then you have to another stand here one for would a be minute. Yeah, just I mean, just do it for ten seconds, Justin. Let's let's see. <laughs> but. Right? Do you feel? Put your feet together and see, do you sway? You lean right, you lean left. Now a more advanced one, Justin, would be now put your right foot behind your left foot, like directly behind your left foot. That is an advanced Romberg test. And these are simple tests you can do with anybody. Hmm. Right? Generally, the side they fall to is the weaker hemisphere. In the, I in felt the, myself in the, going right and left when my feet were together and like kind of diagonally when they were together, but I'm going to do that more later. All right. But yeah, um... And so there's there's easy things. So there's a course, uh, the IP Institute by Matt Belay. I think He's that's the Montreal. one, dude. That that's that's game changer. I mean that 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 stuff. When you when I first took it, I was like, what the fuck? What is this weird stuff? I'm gonna get athletes on the floor and start rocking and doing all this stuff, dude. That it's it looks like you're just. Uh, uh, uh. But when you do it, and when you steam, when you understand the why, again, it's it, tying back to our original conversation with what Fernando. Was it when you understand the why. Then you're like, oh, this shit. Okay, this shit's a game changer. Like this. What was stuff. it called again? IP. IP Institute. IP Institute. And yep. And the, and so it's it's just my nature. I took the IP Institute. Uh, there's three levels. Again, it's it's relatively inexpensive. It's highly highly applicable. Uh, Matt is amazing. He goes above and beyond trying to answer questions, help you. You can message him. He'll send you videos of okay if you're doing this right or left. But it's it's very well thought out course on neurological development, but now making it more applicable for the weight room and for coaches like us. Um, so it's not the Malilo stuff per se, uh, but it's 
I mean, you can put the two together, which I, yeah, I was do. about to say, what's the difference for anybody that's listening? Like, all right, let's um, the difference is Matt doesn't address directly primitive reflexes and he doesn't directly address uh, the right and left hemispheres. He looks at it from his course is built from, as I mentioned, the pyramid of learning um, from Williams and Schnellenberg's and the stages of development motored. Well, the stages of development. Um, and so he goes through the stages with specific exercises and explains the why and gives you the science and, and, and all this stuff. And it's, it's fantastic. Uh, it is an awesome course. Um, it's very dense in, in its, uh, in, in the education and the, in the time Matt put, puts into it. Um, but it's, it's awesome. It's good stuff. But again, it's one of those looking from the outside in, you see me or Matt or Dan Victor post videos of kids rocking on the fucking ground or, sliding their foot up their their leg you're like what is this weird shit um again but you'll find it where okay I, and I, I i posted a a video i have a couple soccer athletes who chronically have a tight right right hip their right hips always tight external rotation is very a, a struggle for them uh, on their right side uh and so in development well where is the glute developed well it's developed during creeping and then during crawling that's where the glutes are developed and it's tied in with the big toe so one, we roll out their, their right foot, and then two, we do some creeping exercise that involves some proprioception, digging their big toe in, similar to how it is when they when they learn to creep, and then all of a sudden their external rotation improves without having to stretch because it's a neurological issue. So that's what tie it back to that story of that, that college football player, the, the defensive back, that fine, he was the W sitter. Well, he has a flat feet and all this stuff, super tight. Man, we just been doing part of his warm ups is just all this neurological stuff and he's been loosening up. He just played an all star game. He says he played pain free and he's moving better than he has and again we don't we don't do too much as far as uh mobility work. We're doing a lot more of the neuro stuff with him. <clears throat> Feeding into that, how would you I heard people talking before too that um Oh God! Uh, anterior b being the lower cross syndrome is just completely made up. Would that be kind of tied into the fa like yes, it is made up because it is all related to to neurology and the vestibular system, and our reflexes. Um, well, it, it's to me, it's more related to. It could be related to re reflexes, so it's related to tone, right? So whether you agree or disagree with posture, some people uh, in our industry really don't agree with posture. Some people do. Um, regardless, generally, there everyone agrees on tone. Tone is the 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 uh, tension in the body, right? So we shouldn't have we should have even tone in our body, right? So my my right shoulder shouldn't feel tighter than my left shoulder, and I should have equal tone, right? R regardless of my shoulders are tilted or what have you. And so postureology looks at tone, and that's now dealing with the kind of upper and lower cross syndrome. And so in postureology, yeah, we look at anterior tilt, we look at the head and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, what we're really trying to address is the sensors of the body because posture is just the brain strategy to overcome gravity. Uh, and so it's the major sensors of the body that kind of tell us now how to do that. And the first sensor um, is the skin of the feet, the bottom of the feet. Um, that is the first sensor. Then the eyes. Then it's going to be your skin uh, and jaw and then the vestibular system. So, so we kind of address it in that order. So for someone with, with so kid, people dealing with high school kids, they're not going to have a lot of scars. They're not going to have tattoos. They're generally not going to have metal in their mouth unless it's braces, which we can talk about the, the detrimental effect of braces. Um, they're not going to have missing teeth, right? So generally, you just address their feet, address their eyes. Shit fixes itself pretty good. For old old guys like us, you, you, happy birthday to you. 
you old fuck. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we got we got some things. You know what I mean? I got scars. I'm sure you got scars. We got tattoos, things like that. So now there's a bit more that that goes into the postural adjustment and things like that. But um, upper cross syndrome, you know, uh, again for me, um, it, I, I look at it from a postural posturology standpoint is is going to be problems with the feet, the eyes, and the jaw. So. Okay, start there. What about with people that have calluses because their toes and they're like they have bunions? Is that like, hey, just get them shaved down, soak your feet? Like, what would you be telling people to do about that stuff then? Well, I would say adjust your shoes first and foremost. You need different shoes. You need different footwear. What should um, they have? I am. I am. I am. I am. Uh, I can't really. I. I. I I'm going to say minimalist. You know, I'm a minimalist guy. Maybe have to work your way there. Maybe don't just jump right to you know a pair of Vivos or something like that. But um, I'm a minimalist guy. There's criteria that I look for. Again, anything over two millimeters is going to disrupt that information. So I'm trying to either get them there or work them down to flatter shoes. Looking for wider toe boxes. Um, with the bunions and stuff, you're generally going to see from a posturology standpoint, that's where they're going to have asymmetric feet. They're going to have two different feet, both from a standing standpoint and then from a uh, a balance standpoint, feet that do different things, which to me tells me now that we got asymmetry of tone in the body, and that's going to cause some other things up the chain that's going to get fucked up. And so, as we know in in the physical therapy world and in the posture world, the feet are going to affect what's happening at the pelvis. Well, people also know that what happens at the pelvis can affect the jaw, and so it's all connected. Um, and, and so, also, this is where I was optometry. Would would the the field of optometry would pay a little more attention to posturology because you can speed up a lot of things that happen at the eyes by correcting the feet because as I mentioned before the eyes are meant to find the horizon if we can't do that well we're gonna have tracking issues or we're gonna have convergence issues it's usually because we're trying to shoot a cannon out of a canoe and we got feet that are doing two different things so why do braces and tattoos mess it all up because the skin is the largest largest organ of your body. And so now all of a sudden we're putting this, this foreign substance into our, into our skin. Um, you know, scars are hugely detrimental to, to uh, going back to the Chinese medicine. Uh, I'm sure um, Kudango could talk about that, detrimental to the meridian lines and the energy and things like that. One of the most detrimental scars uh, that I generally see is with women with C-sections um, because of the central meridian and, and running through the body um, and everything like that. My wife uh, has had two C-sections, so, you know... Uh, Scars are hugely detrimental, but same with tattoos. And trust me, I love tattoos. They're fucking addictive. But uh, they can cause some energetic issues as far as uh, um, being part of the skin. Are they fixable? Like if anybody had – like let's say somebody didn't want to get tattoos. They had to get surgery because, you know, um, pregnancy or an injury. Yes. Yeah, so you get – you find a practitioner that can do a scar release. And then um, in posturology, they they use – in France, they use a a blend of essential oils. Um, I, I couldn't tell you what was all in that, but I was trying to find that when I was studying posturology and the only place that you can find it, and this is not a knock on a net, but it was a net up in uh, posture pro and she's up in, uh, uh, Montreal and it was like 120 bucks. And again, I'm not trying to, it, it works. I'm just saying that for me, that's, that's, that's heavy. And plus it's coming all the way from Montreal. So it's not going to be here quick. So there's a company, um, shit, I think it's the name of it, um, that I've used their essential oils for, for stimulating the brain and doing things like that, that I reached out to them and, uh, said, Hey, would it be possible you can make this blend? And they said, I, I, yeah, why? Absolutely. So they ended up making a blend for me 
for scar release and they made, they added their own components because they're a bunch of body workers and, and, uh, hmm. um, massage therapists. So there's a scar release oil that we used, um, that they also teach the technique with. I can send you the, uh, the, the info on the name and stuff like that, but yeah, scars are hugely detrimental. And so, uh, this scar oil on top of a good scar release, uh, can release the negative effects. What about scar? What about, uh, I guess, do stretch marks count for any pregnant women that didn't have a C-section or athletes like me that went from 225 pound high school athlete to 300 pound uh, offensive lineman? Um, I don't know that answer and I'm not going to lie to you with some, some bullshit. I, I don't know the effect. You could have uh, sold some fucking oil to me and a bunch of other people. Dude, it, no, uh, I, I don't know that. I have not looked into the, they never in any of the courses I've come across talked about the effects of stretch marks. They just talk about the effects of uh, uh, tattoos and scars. That's, I mean, I never would have thought about that, but I mean, it, I guess you're right. It makes sense as to, you know, you're putting all this sensory input and then, um, my massage therapist, he talks about, you know, and this is probably something that you would hundred percent agree with is that energy can never be created. It's, you know, just transferred. So you're, you're now accepting all of that energy from the, you know, the needle and the ink into your body. Now, where does it go? It goes into your, it goes into your fascia, it goes into your skin. And how do you, you know, remove all of that? Yeah. Time and surgery. <laughs> Dude. Um, yeah. yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to, you know, bounce off each other's brain? Cause that's, that's a lot of the notes that I had written down. Uh, oh, the braces thing. What is, how, like how to braces? Is it just cause again, the jaw, like you're, well, is this jaw, purely what, just braces to fix the teeth or when there's like a broken jaw, like Kanye West? Uh, well, metal, me metal in the body. So we are electrical beings, right? And so metal conducts electricity. So now all of a sudden we put metal really close to the brain and not expect it to have a electrical effect on one of the most electrical parts of our fucking body. You know what I mean? So mm. uh, it has an effect. So that's why I'm a big fan of what, what's the clear things now the kids are wearing, the, the clear, the clear yeah, braces. Yeah, Invisalign, I think. Invisalign, yeah, thank you. I think that is a far better option um, for that. So also that one of the things we ask in posturology, especially with adults, is do you have any metal feelings and things like that? Um, you know, because again, that can all have, a, have an effect and... Uh, um, yeah, I mean, we've, we, we've, uh, uh, maybe you've seen this being around teenagers and stuff like that, but attitude changes. And then there's, trust me, there's a lot of reasons for I've it. Seen, I've but, seen fucking but, attitude but you get some, two, you get some, yeah, you get some 2D, 2D teenagers and then, you know, uh, we've seen them get their braces off and their attitudes change, uh, their personalities change. Um, you know, because for whatever reason, uh, again, there's a lot of reasons to that, but, uh, you know, I tend to believe that, you know, the body electric is a great book that I highly recommend everyone check out, uh, and learn more about, uh, the negative effects of EMF and Wi-Fi and even the Bluetooth that's in my ears and all the shit. But, uh, yeah, metal metal is, uh, so I mean, shit, the Apple watches we wear, I don't wear Apple watch. I don't wear any watches now. Yeah. Sorry, bro. You know, I'm not putting electrical non-native EMF on my pulse. Look what is it doing? Where, just pull the pull the uh, the tinfoil hat up on your head. Hey man, I'll be I'll be that guy. You know, put me with Weck, I guess, in, in that fucking tinfoil. Um, um, one thing yeah, I did write I've, down: meditation. How does meditation? It does it play any role in any of this, or you're just like nah, different? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, dude, I love. I think meditation is fantastic. Uh, you know, for downregulating uh, an already crazy nervous system that uh, ninety nine point nine of us already have. Uh, to, you know, collecting thoughts, to breathing techniques, to just, I, I think meditation is fantastic. Absolutely. So it, it, it kind of rolls into any of this, or does it roll into any of this vestibular system training or any of the Malilo work that you were talking about? Or is it just kind of like a 
not meditation directly, but usually when you're meditating, you're doing breathing and you're drawing sometimes a conscious thought to your breathing. And so, yeah, so we'll do breathing techniques. You have kids with a heightened moral reflex, a fear paralysis reflex. They're generally the kids with high anxiety. So one of the first things you want to do is combat. So a couple different ways to do that. Uh, and I have one boy particularly I do this with. We'll do box breathing and then I'll spin him in a chair. And then he's usually like much calmer. You spin him or you rock him? Spin him. Hmm. I'll spin him. <laughs> now, now the weird I'm, shit that goes on at, at our gym. I'm really concerned What's about that? my watch now. <laughs> Bro, I've seen, we've done postural assessments with, uh, with people with their Apple watch on and off big changes. Um, we, I, I had this one lady, um, speaking of scars, she had, I don't know what the surgery is, but she had a scar right here. Yeah. And so I did a postural assessment. She had a, right? yeah. yeah. You know, um, she, she had a pretty big forward head, head posture. So I did a quick little release and we put the oil on it and, and her head posture went back at least two fingers from the plumb line that we use, um, and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it uh, I've seen, we've seen, we've had uh, guys take on and off their wedding rings and, and seen big changes in their, in their posture. What if you get in the position? Is that better? They, they had, they had more yeah. swag without the ring, didn't they? Especially with the drink. <laughs> yeah. Also like like moving balls around. Got a lower with it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about, uh, what about anybody that, you know, they'll talk about wearing, um, like stainless steel or the metal. So rat, like a, a bracelet or a necklace to, I've heard those things again, too. Yeah, there's um, about the watch. They, again, we go through that through the posturology course. Uh, talk about necklaces and metals. There's ways to uh, to change the uh, the frequency of that. I forgot what I have the notes somewhere. There's a something you can like. It doesn't ruin the 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 chain or the necklace, but there's something like a little paint or it's not paint, but it's just some kind of like something you can paint onto it that that desensitizes the the magnet magnetism of the the necklace and the and the stuff so because yeah telling women to not wear jewelry is a hard fucking sell i'll tell you that and so all right so okay here try this stuff with it and that way we can both be happy you know what i mean yeah no that's awesome uh like i said is there anything else that you wanted to talk about because th these are all my notes i had from you man i appreciate it uh Oh, man, I just appreciate you guys' time. It's just, uh, you know, for me, with with the course, and I think it's a great course and, and awesome content, it's just now how do I market that? Because, you know, one of the things we had to do was try to make a promotional thing and then some funnels and it's like, okay, what am I trying to funnel to and what am I trying to make these promotional things to? Okay, I, can, I can't say I can get you out of pain in, in, in five weeks because I can't make that claim. I know I can get you out of pain, but I can't make that fucking claim. Um because then otherwise I'm fucked and then you make uh, a move better though. No, I, yes. You know Feel what I mean? So it, it, it's just, you know, and then some people, I mean, 95% of the people that I, I've come across don't know what primitive reflexes are. I've never heard of it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, okay, now I got to go through this whole, okay, this is what it is and this is what it is. And this is how it affects you. And like link it into you know. paleo, bro. <laughs> yeah. Right. Seriously. People yeah. know paleo. Hey, our ancestors and all no. that shit. No, like, it's not really related to that necessarily, but you know, um, like I had a, I had a mother reach out to me about her daughter. She's a, she's a competitive dancer and wants to work on flexibility. Uh, I said, okay, what particular looking to, to improve on with her? She, well, she, her ankles are really tight. She was a toe walker when she was a kid. Boom. Primitive reflex. Well, no wonder all the physical therapy she's been doing for years hasn't improved that because she has retained primitive reflexes. So toe walking is a sign of retained primitive reflexes. Boom. Jeff Moyer, motherfuckers. 
Anywho, it's just, okay, now how do we bring that to the sports world? And, like, Dan Fichter's doing a great job with it. He does a better job of me marking that stuff. He's someone you guys should jump, uh, get on get on a call. He's an interesting fella. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm just not that savvy of a business person to come up with, hey, you're fucked up. Come see me. That's why you got to call him Kier. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate you, and uh, have a good Thanks. rest of the day. You too, man. Thanks, boys.